Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. I was inspired by Brian Mackinnon's uh, discussion on leadership when he talked about the double portion. And uh, so I'm going to let him come up here and deliver his lesson on double portion. Is that acceptable, you think? <laughs> I think that would have worked really well, I, I think. But I appreciate the idea, the idea of the double portion. And, and what I want to notice is, do we really have the right to ask such a thing? I want you to go to the passage that was read. If you look at 2 Kings uh, chapter 2, uh, we find this story between Elijah and Elisha. Let me give you a little background to understand what was going on. Elijah was the prophet of God. If you go back to 1 Kings uh, 18 and 19, there was a big problem. Uh, there was a famine in the land. And after three years, there was this confrontation between Elijah and the false prophets of God. God had sent the famine because the people were sinful and would not repent. And so after the end of three years, God's ready to bring back the rain and, and give them plenty again. And so he has this contention between Elijah and the false prophets up on Mount Carmel. And of course you know the battle that took place between both of them praying to their God to rain down fire from heaven and consume a sacrifice. And of course the God of heaven did that. Elijah though was frightened by Jezebel the queen for having killed all her prophets. And he thought she was going to kill him. So he ran away and he was gone. The Lord, of course, found him and brought him back and, and made sure he understood that he was not the only one who was faithful. In fact, there were 7,000 people who had not fallen into idol worship. He didn't even know about them. Now that Elijah has been through this difficulty, God said in his first time talking to him, coming back out of that event, he said, okay, it's time. Go get your successor. Go to Elisha. And bring him on as the one who will succeed you. Uh, the text tells us that uh, Elisha was in a field working, plowing with some oxen. And Elijah came by with his mantle. Now a mantle was a hairy goat or hairy animal skin that was used as a covering. You could use it uh, at night when you slept or as a cover during the day. And he took that mantle and threw it across his shoulders. And it was in some ways a symbol somewhat akin to a parent taking on a child in adoption. That was something that they did in that kind of a setting. And so Elisha was coming into the work with Elijah and in fact was going to take over his responsibilities. And so Elisha was told, if you look in the text that he was just reading, we think about it for just a moment, what happened? He um, said, you need to come, you need to stay here, that is. Twice he tried to tell him, don't come with me. It's time for me to go. And Elisha proved, I think, his mettle, his readiness for the work by saying, I'm not leaving you, I'm going with you. And so he stayed with him all the way through. Finally, Elijah said to him, what is your request? What do you want me to do for you? I'm about to leave the work. You're coming in. What do you want? 
And Elisha said, I simply want a double portion of your spirit to fall upon me. Elijah's concept was this. Okay, fine, that will happen, but you have to keep watching all the time. You need to see what's going to happen to me, and if you see it, then you will get that double portion. What does that mean to have a double portion of the spirit of Elijah? Elisha was, of course, uh, impressed at the leadership and the qualities of Elijah, the person. And he wanted to have that double portion. He wanted not just to do what Elijah wanted him to do, but he wanted to do even more. He wanted to have a double portion. It's a lot like us with our children. We don't just want them to do as well as we did. We want them to do more than we did. And the next group wants them to do more and the idea is to improve upon what was there. Do you think Elisha had the right to say, I want a double portion? Well, I think he did. Because as you recall the story, a flaming chariot of fire came down out of heaven and scooped up Elijah to take him away. And when Elisha saw it happen, he said, My Lord and my God and the mantle that Elijah had dropped to him, he caught it, and it became his mantle, and he did indeed get a double portion of Elijah's spirit, meaning that he progressed even farther. He did even more because he wanted it to be. So the idea is when he asked for the double portion, he just wanted more. Well, for our purposes today, we've already seen that we have a portion. Because of our relationship with God, God says, here is your portion. Here's what I want you to have. And with that relationship comes responsibility and rights connected to that portion. I want us to have a double portion. I want to be a person who desires a double portion. But what? Does that mean? Here's what I want to suggest. To have a double portion of not just what God wants us to have, but the double portion, what does that mean for our purposes? I want you to notice that it's the difference between contentment versus satisfaction. Think about that with me for just a few minutes. Let's begin with satisfaction. What does it mean to be satisfied? Well, I think we can use it in a common sense and you can understand what it means. For instance, when a debt has been satisfied, what does that mean? That means it's settled. How about when you have satisfied the requirements for getting a degree in college? What have you done? You have met the requirements. What does it mean to be satisfied after you've finished a meal? It means you've had enough. 
It's the figure or the image, for me anyway, of Thanksgiving meal. And when it's over, lying back on the couch, I can't eat another bite. Now somebody says, well, isn't that gluttony? Isn't that a sin? No, because I could probably eat one more bite and I just stop that much short. See, that's how I deal with it. But I really can't have more. To be satisfied means that's it. That's enough. I got it. Well, that word is used in the Greek language. Karadzo. Uh, and it words means simply to be full. Well, now notice where it's used, and it will help us to understand it. It's used a number of times, but two that we know of quite well. Matthew 14, Matthew 15. Both occasions, Jesus miraculously fed a large group of people. 5,000 in one case, plus women and children. 4,000 in another and in both of those cases, after Jesus had miraculously expanded the food from the small portion that they had, the text says, and after they had eaten and were full, they took up the leftovers. Now, when he fed the 5,000 people, he fed them and then took up 12 baskets of leftover food. They were full and had leftovers, 12 baskets full. When he fed the 4,000, they took up seven baskets full of food that were left over. Why was it left over? Because they couldn't eat it. They were full. To be satisfied then means that I've had enough. I don't want any more. I enjoyed it. I really liked it. And I probably will do it again. But right now, I've had enough. I'm full. And that's what it means to be satisfied. Nothing left over. Nothing left out. I am full. But now let's think about what it means to be content. Now, contentment is a different idea. In fact, in the scripture, it's a different Greek word. I want you to go with me to these passages that use the word contentment, and let's notice what he's talking about. The first one is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and I'm going to begin at verse number 6. Verse 8 uses the word for contentment, yeah, the Greek word contentment. But I want you to notice the meaning here. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse number 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap also sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one of you give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now notice verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency, that word sufficiency, 
is the word contentment. That you, having sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Sufficiency. But then he says, sufficiency and abundance for every good work. Notice now, Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 11. Paul says of his own life, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I have learned to be content. The first passage says sufficiency. This one says content. The final one is 1 Timothy 6 and verse 6. You probably know it well. Godliness with contentment is great gain. This word for contentment in the Greek uh, is a word, autarkia, and it means this, self-sufficiency. What is he saying? He's not just saying you have all you need. Sufic to be satisfied means I'm full and I'm okay, don't need any more. Contentment says, I am full and I want more. That's what contentment says. In fact, this word is not about being satisfied. It's about more. It's about saying there's more there and I want it. What did Paul say? Wherever I am, I'm content. I'm okay. But I want more. I'm doing well. But I want more. As it relates to our graduates, you all could say, I'm satisfied. I got my high school degree, my diploma, and I'm finished. But none of you plans to do that. Because in some ways, your appetite has been whetted. Your appetite has been inspired. What you have been through has filled you. But now it has opened you up to more. It's been good where you were. It's been good what you've done. But you know there's something more out there. And that's what this word is. To be satisfied, I am full and I want no more. To be content is to be full and looking for more. So what is our double portion? Look at 2 Peter chapter 1. A passage again that you probably know quite well. And I want to give you this as a potential 
definition of double portion. In fact, I believe we could spend an entire 13-week quarter discussing the particulars of wanting more. Notice what Peter said. But also for this very region, reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. We've talked on this before. I'm going to go back and read it in the way I think it should be read. In your faith, put virtue. In your, faith, your virtue, put knowledge. In your knowledge, put self-control. In your self-control, put perseverance. In your perseverance, put brotherly kindness. In your brotherly kindness, put love. This is a passage about digging deeper. This is about a going farther. This is about wanting more and having more. And that's what Peter is saying. The double portion is, I'm going to take what I have, and in it, I'm going to put something else. And the more I put in, the more I want to know. Maybe you have the experience of having picked up a book to read. Didn't know if you'd like it or much. But as you got into it, all of a sudden, it just hit and you just could not put it down. I had that experience with the book, The Shack. When I started in that book, it just grabbed me. It wouldn't let me go. And I think I read it in one sitting. Some things just grab you. And when they get a hold of you, they won't let go. That is contentment. When we are, and, and the word that means self-sufficiency, here's what it means. Spiritual maturity. I'll tell you what the double portion is. Here is your portion, young people who are here. Here's your portion. With your families, you've been given a Christian life. You've been shown what it means to be what God wants you to be. And with these people in this church, we've all learned, and this is our portion. But you know what our double portion is? When we can, on our own, be mature. When we can, by growth, deeper, more intense, Grab onto it for ourselves, not just because someone that we admire has it, not just because we've done it all of our lives, but because it's gotten hold of me and it won't let me go. And I'm forced by myself to dig deeper and find more and do more. That is my double portion. So to you young people, 
your double portion is to leave where you've been and move on to even better. Dig deeper, not only in your chosen curriculum of study, but more importantly, to move on deeper into your Christian life. And as you do that, you become self-sufficient, meaning you don't have to have mom and dad pushing you. You don't have to have a preacher pushing you. You're doing it because it's gotten hold of you, and that's what you want. That is your double portion. But I want to close with a very interesting verse, I think, that brings it all together. You remember the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount as He began the Beatitudes, and He said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Let me show you something interesting. While we are here, we should not be satisfied. While we're on this planet, let us not be satisfied. Let us be content. Let us be full and wanting more, looking for that double portion. But you know what Jesus said? There's coming a day when your contentment will be replaced with eternal satisfaction. Jesus said that's the word filled. That's the word satisfied. He says there's coming a day when if you are hungering and thirsting after righteousness, that's contentment. I've got it. It's got a hold of me, and I want more. And there's coming a day when you will be in the perfect place where every need, everything about life has been satisfied. There's nothing else to shoot for. There's nothing else to press on to. Because in heaven, eternally, we will be satisfied. Don't be just satisfied as a Christian. Be content, full, but desiring more and deeper, knowing that one day that contentment will lead to satisfaction when in heaven all of our needs and desires will finally have been met for eternity. I appreciate these young people. I appreciate their lives, watching them grow, watching them be the people they've become. And I appreciate the verses they've given. And I encourage you to use those verses daily. Let that concept grow in you to be content. For all of us, never be satisfied. Be content. I'm enjoying it, and I just want more. Thank you for joining us today, for being a part of our time together. Again, if you're not a child of God, you don't even know what contentment is all about. Knowing that you can pillow your head at night, secure 
in your relationship with the Lord. If you're not faithful to the Lord, learn about contentment and hungering and thirsting for righteousness again. We can help you. We'd love to help you. We'd love to be there to support you with that if you let us know. But for now, thank you for joining us tonight. May God bless all of us. May God bless our church. May God bless our world. And may we be a blessing to God through our lives. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.